Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Dustin and Molly from CrossFit Soul Fire in North Dakota. What's up, guys? How are you today? Hey, good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Of course. All right, cool. So let's just jump right into the details, wasting no time here. What is it that made the two of you want to own your own facility? Um, well, you know, we've been in the fitness industry for about 15 years. We um, basically, we just started because we both um, kind of like to work out and I worked at the gym and he worked out there. Um, my dad owned an anytime fitness, um, at that time. And so that's where we met and, um, just sort of started working there, um, ended up kind of running that business for my dad. He lives somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the foundation of what we do started there and, um, just, I was sort of the, the management, um, portion of it, did a little bit of personal training. And then Dustin was the master trainer. And so our foundation kind of started with personal training, but um, he got really into CrossFit during that time. He was really just into fitness and CrossFit kind of started blowing up and um, came sort of a natural at that to the point where he got himself to the CrossFit games. And so at that point, it became obvious that that needed to be the avenue that we took, you know, with our passion. Definitely. Fitness with CrossFit ended up being our passion that way. So that's how we ended yeah. up with CrossFit. Awesome. That's great. So I uh, started from a, a family owned business and then grew into where you are today. So that's awesome. Now, within the facility currently, so CrossFit, so typically based around group classes for the most part, are we doing one on ones, uh, semi privates, open memberships as well? How does that all work? Uh, yeah, we do the, the group, group training membership or the unlimited membership. Um, we do one-on-ones, um, and then, uh, the open gym, but it's, it's just part of your membership, uh, part of the unlimited, uh, membership. Got it. Okay. So basically, go ahead. Mostly classes. It's the majority is classes and then a good amount of personal training, but classes is the bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And how many members do you have at the facility currently? Uh, about 120. Okay. And the kind of golden question lately is, uh, is that lower than where you were prior to COVID or kind of how did, how did COVID affect those numbers within the membership? Um, not too much. It's not lower. No, it's not lower. Good. It's, uh, for us, so we've, we're just going to be going on three years. So for us, we were one year open uh, when mm. we had to close for COVID. So we were just a baby little business at that time. Right. Just um, fear was that we weren't going to be able to grow. You know, with CrossFit, it's a community thing. So did our community mm -hmm. rally around us? Yes. Did they support us? Absolutely. Um, better than you could have ever imagined. But the truth is, like the biggest worry is not just who do you have, but can you still grow after that? Um, right. And we found that there was kind of a boom once everybody could open again. Mm -hmm. The gym industry, I think everywhere saw a little bit of a boom 
people wanted what they didn't get to have for a while. Yeah. And yeah. Us, and we saw a tiny little dip, um, but it definitely didn't stick for sure. Um, Good. Yeah, it's always people's fear, but I think in North Dakota too. Um, yeah, we're we had it easy compared to, to other places. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's certainly helpful. But yeah, I mean, as you said, a lot of people are just ready to get back to it. You know, everybody's kind of sick of being at home, sick of working out at home, really is missing that connection that you get with other people being a part of the community, not having that for so long. So everybody's just kind of ready to get back to it. So that certainly helps. So now, as far as membership growth goes from here, how are you marketing how are you getting the word out there are we doing any type of paid advertising at all through facebook instagram google is it more organic word of mouth what does that look like um so that's kind of that's sort of like we're both here all day but that's sort of my my deal um mm -hmm. we don't right now currently you know and i and i believe this always the the very best way for us to market is always always by referral you know, the people that love us already are the best marketing we could ever have. So we try to take super in-house, super great care of our members. We want them to go out and talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. we, we dabble with Facebook, Instagram, all those kind of marketing tools. Um, but just personally and from the experience that I've had in the fitness industry, literally uh, just doing super freaking good job at what you are doing, focusing on the caring about the people that you have like leading with your with your heart and then being smart about the way that you spend your money and, and finding ways to be seen. But I believe that the best way is just literally referrals. Someone mm -hmm. always wants someone to latch on to or bring with. And so we try to really get that. We try to really invest in um, members bringing, bringing members, but definitely the social media. We love our social media. We love Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, referrals and word of mouth are fantastic. Those are the best kind of leads for sure. Just because a lot of times those people come in, they're already um, a really good addition to the community. It's basically more of the people that you're looking for. So that is fantastic. Now on the flip side of that, not a reliable lead source. Just right. because we can't necessarily track it. So that makes it hard to predict growth within the business just because it's not something that you can track month to month. I mean, you can get a pretty good idea based on the past months, but it's not something that you can necessarily rely on. So is that, um, is that kind of where the other avenues come into play for you guys? Like the, the paid advertising or, you know, just the, the social media posting, things like that. Is that kind of where the other yeah. pieces come into play? Uh, we've done some different stuff too. Like, um, one of the things that we use probably as the biggest tool to bring in to onboard new members um, is we use our like intro to CrossFit. So at other gyms, it might look like a free two week pass. Um, for us, that's our like your first class is free. And then mm -hmm. on top of that, we do like a really just a really good. I hate to say cheap, but it's a it's a steal of a deal for people to get into the intro course. So then once mm -hmm. they have that, so I kind of use that as leverage, right? Like, come on in and I can buy one, get one free on the intro course. And so we use that um, like in our social media and that kind of stuff. 
that's what we like to talk about is like people think CrossFit is very scary. Right. It's super intimidating. So at, uh, at the old gym, it's easy enough to say you can come in for free and try it out, see if you like it. But people don't just want to come in and try it out for free and flounder around. They're too intimidated by that. They want to mm-hmm. feel like they're going to learn something. So we use the intro kind of as our little golden ticket to get people in the door. And then CrossFit is, is that way where, where once you go, you're hooked, you know, people think it's a cult. And so (laughs) Justin and I love what we do. We're passionate. Our community is wonderful. And if we can get someone in the door with that little intro piece, Mm -hmm. the closing rate is phenomenal. Right. So we use that social media. We, we put it out there as like a, here's a less intimidating way to come in. It's not a huge commitment try it out. And then from there, they kind of get hooked, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And is that just a, a one class intro or is it like a week or a two week period? How long is that? It's, uh, because of the way we work, it works for us because we're both, um, owner operating. We're both mm-hmm. here. Uh, what we do is we have your first class is free. So people come in and we make it work for them to do their first class. Um, and then the intro is four sessions with me. So okay. they come and we do four, four individual sessions where I teach them the foundations to make them feel comfortable coming to class, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and then from there, we let them like fly free and come to class. And Got it. Go. Okay. That, that makes sense. I was curious because typically like a, a one, one time kind of thing, like whether it be a free class or like a free session or whatever it is, isn't quite enough to grab somebody you know it's like they need a little bit more than that so if they are coming in on a trial like that giving them enough time to be able to see what it is that you're offering and maybe kind of become a part of that community because once they feel that they're far more likely to stick around so I'm sure that that has a lot to do with that high conversion rate people are coming in they're really getting a feel for what you do they're feeling comfortable and then they're ready to to make the move and and sign up from there so now within that what do your memberships look like how do you structure memberships um we have a uh we have two six-month options two 12-month options um and then a couple of different punch cards Mm -hmm. okay six month paid in full or monthly 12 month paid in full or monthly and then uh a couple of punch cards i think there's a 10 10 punch and a 25 punch okay and what is the majority of the membership what are most members on I'd say it's 12, six and 12, 12 months. Six and yeah. 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 That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Anytime fitness foundation. It's such a weird transition coming from an anytime fitness industry and into a CrossFit and everything that we learned at anytime. Totally. Absolutely. They have great training. It's a good franchise, but um, it's so different. And um, coming from the world of contracts mm-hmm. to across it and then we just had to make up our own it was a big weird thing um to like let someone sign up for just one month it almost feels wrong the way that yeah. we've been um, right I, but I think just just having that foundation of telling people like you can't change your life in a month and yes. I know what you want, and I know that it's not going to happen even in six but give mm-hmm. me a year 
your time and that's easy to get people because we believe it and we're passionate about it you know exactly yeah and i i really appreciate the fact that you do have contracts um i always like to call them agreements because it sounds a little less scary um but i mean so many gym owners are literally afraid to have six month or 12 month agreements and it's like from a training standpoint it's like like you just said, you're not going to get the results that you're looking for in a month. Let's be real here. And then two, from a business standpoint, it's like, how do you predict on a monthly basis what you have coming in for revenue? Totally. Very challenging. And it makes it really hard to track. It makes it really hard to grow with that when you can't rely on any particular number on a monthly basis. So It just makes sense. I mean, we know in the fitness industry, people need to commit to time to reach their goals. It's not happening overnight. So, you know, for the people that are afraid of those agreements, it's like, to me, it just, and, and I did that when I was in my facility for a very, very short period of time. Um, just to kind of get new people in the door, you know, sometimes you're like, well, shit, I just need to get as many people in as I can. And if it's a low commitment, then, but it's like, it just doesn't work. I did it for like three months and I was like, no, what's that? Enabling them to, to get away with, uh, you know, then you have to recommit them again in two weeks or whatever. And that's just exactly. double the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And those are typically the people that aren't committed and let's be real, give me the most headaches. You know, they're just not ready to make the commitment and they don't necessarily see the value in what it is that you're providing. So a lot of times it's like, there are plenty of people in the world that need what you provide and that are willing to make the commitment and sign up for a longer term and actually get the results that they're looking for. You know, you can't provide a super high level of service in just one month. Like, sure, people are going to start to see results, but it's like... It really, it's, it's really not something that's going to change their lives in that amount of time, like you said before. So I really appreciate the fact that you do have those contracts in place and specifically a lot of CrossFit boxes that I've spoken to recently, especially post COVID went to the month to month agreements. And I'm just like, oh man, like that's just, it gives me a headache just thinking about it, especially just like from a revenue standpoint and trying to keep track of that every single month. It's, it's just a lot. So, well, and people yeah. are coming here because they need accountability. Like people can't yes. do it on their own. And then, you know, having that, okay, well, next month that payment's coming out, whether you show up or not, that's accountability for them. Yes. For that. Yes. Your payment's going to come out no matter what. Yes. You should just show up. The only answer is to show up. I'm not right. going to shut up. You know, like that gets people through the door. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's typically the number one thing that people need is accountability and people who pay, pay attention, right? If they are paying a pretty significant amount for training on a monthly basis, chances are they're going to show up and they're going to get the results that they're looking for. If they're not, you know, I always like to compare, um, to like a big box gym membership, which it's apples to oranges. This is the only thing that I like to kind of reference here is they thrive off of people who don't come to the gym, right? They pay that small amount on a monthly basis and they're not committed to coming to the gym. It's like, I can go, 
I cannot go, is $10 really going to make a difference? Probably not. So they don't come to the gym. But in our case, our smaller privately owned facilities, we thrive off of people that actually come to the gym and actually get the results that they're looking for. And that's the difference there. And a lot of gym owners kind of get caught in this mindset of comparing themselves to those facilities. But like I said before, it's apples and oranges. You're providing a completely different level of service to a completely different avatar. And again, there are plenty of people out there to attend those facilities. And there are plenty of people out there that are looking for the services that you provide. So not getting caught up in that people end up in like a, it's, it becomes like a race to zero, you know, because everybody wants to provide the highest level of service, but charge the lowest amount to remain competitive. And those things just don't work. Right. I think to boutique fitness, you know, that's kind of the, the business of fitness is going in that direction. It's been going that direction for a long time. It was, it's fun to be able to look back and even watch like the patterns um, from the Anytime Fitness franchise and then moving mm-hmm. to CrossFit just to see the way that they tried to adjust the franchise because it used to be about convenience, uh, 24 hour access, cheapest price. And then all of a sudden people still needed accountability. They still yeah. needed, they still need a trainer. And then now they're, just paying and now they're still struggling right and right. so see some of those big gyms trying to bring in studios and um, group training and that kind of stuff right. to try mm-hmm. to emulate what these boutique fitness communities have but I think it's just really hard to do it's a it's a round peg in a square hole exactly you know? we found ourselves in that same position which is why we moved to just CrossFit to just facilitate what we felt passionate about because we are yes. not a ask for the money when you're providing the good service. It's the people that don't really provide service that are afraid to ask for five more dollars a month. Right. You know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And uh, that's a, a huge piece as well. The, the sales process and actually converting people to memberships. People are so afraid of sales. You know, it's like, I say that word and everybody's like, Oh no, we don't do sales or uh, I don't like sales or I'm not a salesperson. And it's like the end of the day, what sales is, is a transference of belief. So right. if you believe what you're doing is truly going to solve the person's problem or or the reason that they came to you you can solve with the programs that you're offering it's easy it's a service you're providing a service and they're paying for it um so you know kind of getting over that fear in a lot of cases it's like people are so afraid to ask for money but it's like you know it's it's you're solving a problem for them they're coming to you looking for a solution so and pay anything for that if you could actually solve their problem yes they would so much more yes it's just but you know you got to figure out how to get people to show up like mentally people walking in the door that's the hardest part for them is Mm -hmm. getting right so if you can provide like some sort of excitement um yes that's why crossfit for us why we chose it because Mm -hmm. it's it's fun it can be a sport it's functional. It can be, you can be five or 90, you know, right. and it works for everyone. And so for us, um, it just, it, it made sense because it was also for us, like the, the best way based on our experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 
it does make you want to go away from the contracts a little bit once you mm -hmm. have a smaller, going from like taking care of 900 members to taking care of 120 you right. get to get to know each person individually and develop a rapport but mm -hmm. again those people are happy to support you by paying an yes. extra month when you raise your prices or whatever right mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Or yeah absolutely their friends because they enjoy what you do and then they're going to bring in their friends I think right. being as a CrossFit gym, being in like a warehouse, you don't need to be like on the main drag or whatever. Being mm -hmm. and being found is probably the biggest obstacle for, yes. for a CrossFit. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of getting getting the word out there about what it is that you're doing. But it's like once people come in and, and become a part of the community, yeah. it's like they're sticking around. The attrition is great in comparison. But yeah. The, yeah, like people are just like, what's that? They don't know. The education, I think, is a place where where we could probably do better in our community is just educating what CrossFit is so that people understand it's for anybody and not just for elite athletes like Dustin, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, somewhere along the line, it was like CrossFit became super popular and then it like, it caught a, a lot of steam and it was so popular. And then somewhere along the line there in the middle, I think people kind of got the wrong idea of it. And it started to scare people a little bit because it was like almost too intense for people who were coming, looking for a general workout that they could stick to for a long period of time. And people kind of just got the wrong idea about it. And it made it a little bit more challenging to acquire new members at a CrossFit facility um, because people were almost scared to come in. Yeah. So, um, oh, and Google, Google CrossFit, you know, the workouts that come up are just it's super intense with all these athletes that are elite and dying and laying on the floor afterwards and all of that stuff, right. you know? Yes. Um, yeah, it's not, that's not how it is actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now <laughs> big time of the year for planning for 2022. So what are your main focuses within the business for the new year? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for us, we'd like to see some more growth this year. You know, we've, um, like we said before, post COVID and, and I don't, I guess I think of the whole world as post-COVID now, but not necessarily that we feel that we're like directly post-COVID in our business at this point, um, mm -hmm. where, where we've been able to grow, but it's been a little bit slower. Um, so our goals for 2022 are just to make, to grow our community a little bit more, which probably is a, a cliche goal, but um, it's based off of kind of us wanting to be more, education make more of an impact on our community in that way i mm -hmm. think end of the day the way we feel is like when you for us serving um our community and serving our clients it always comes back to you right and so for yes. us wanting to to um put ourselves out there and get seen more by way of serving our community when we can and um just trying to see more growth that way we'd like to see i would love to see at the end of the year maybe like floating closer around that 140, 150 members and maintaining mm -hmm. the mark. And that's a mark that we've been shooting for. Um, so we're hoping to see that. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, we put on some big, we, we have a big competition we're putting on coming up here on Saturday. Um, oh, awesome. 
We have 110 athletes coming to compete. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty something. big. Like, we are so excited. It's, we're really passionate about competing. Dustin and I both love to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And we love to put it on. And again, brings a lot of things to our community, uh, business mm -hmm. to our restaurants, hotels, shopping. Um, we just love that. So anyway, our goal for next year is, um, no, it wasn't double. It was, we were bringing 55 teams and next year we're hoping to bring 80 Yeah. and make wow. it a event instead of a one day event. And so we have goals for the membership, which is again, our bread and butter, but mm -hmm. these are a huge boost in our revenue twice a year um, right. and have a lot of income potential. And it's something we do really well with. So we're hoping to invest a little bit of extra time and energy into that this coming year too. Definitely. Yeah. So do you have a specific plan in place to get to those membership numbers? And obviously also with the, the competition piece, it seems like you need a little bit of time to focus on those things as well. So you know, is there a plan for the membership growth? And then is it also, are you looking to kind of delegate some of those things to staff members as far as like training hours goes to allow you guys to focus on these competitions as well? Definitely. Yeah. Um, we do have some staff. We mm -hmm. have the greatest team of people and they are because, and we have two kids or whatever. So because we're owner operator and we have a family, luckily we are so grateful to have people that come in and jump in and let allow us space to be a family. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and have room to take on a little bit more so that we do have the time to organize some of that stuff. And right. yes, if, if the comp gets big, it's going to require its own staff. That's what right. will happen. Yeah. Um, but as far as membership goes and bringing in those members, um, we try to do what's manageable, which isn't always what seems like the biggest and the fastest moving. Um, but mm -hmm. I am, I'm usually the one that's meeting with those people. It's kind of my, it's kind of where I have a special touch with people. And so mm -hmm. bringing them in and getting them one-on-one. -on -one. And so for me, I can only manage like two or three people at a time in that intro course. So mm -hmm. what we try, what we'll try to do is to always have me having a few people rolling in intro so that I always have one or two people that I'm rolling into a membership. So the goal is that I just always have a couple of people each week that I'm able to get into starting that intro course to feeding the, the classes. Right. And then programming and the, the um, technical part of the fitness and all of that, Dustin takes care of all of that portion of it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's a, a good, a good balance there. Now, is this full-time job for both of you? Yes. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. So you guys are fully invested in this All gym and just in this basket. Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So success is the only option here. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> absolutely. I love that. All right. So now if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is considering opening their own facility. So you guys have been in the industry for a while now in a, a couple of different areas, you know, the anytime fitness realm, and then now in a CrossFit box. So what is the biggest lesson or the biggest thing that stands out to you the most owning a gym? 
uh, that you think would benefit somebody who is just getting started or thinking about getting started? Oh, there's so many things I could say. I know, <laughs> there really are. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a couple of things. I think some of the challenges that come with, with owning a gym, um, and I know other gym owners can speak to this, and I definitely know other CrossFit boxes can speak to this, but some of the challenges that we have are like totally unrelated to growth, money, membership, um, and it has to do with managing personalities of a group that spends a lot of time together in a tight yeah close space that have good solid relationships and there is so much support and friendship and I mean we've watched people get married have kids like all because of CrossFit but at the same time um, as the leaders of the community we find that some of the hardest parts about our job are managing um, reasonable boundaries yes. with strong personalities that don't always go together and managing ego and emotional connection to insecurity and the, the mental portion that goes with fitness and people mm -hmm. can't succeed without it. I think we find that to be the biggest challenge and the most, um, the hardest to find time to do because you don't often set aside time for like, you know, drama or just whatever. Right. Yeah, but I think right. one of our biggest challenges is being able to set um, work-life boundaries when we're both the owner-operator of a gym and are trying to have a family and we go home mm -hmm. and we can talk about the gym all day. And um, boundaries create an opportunity for a healthy relationship. So for us, the boundary of setting the gym um, to a place where there's nothing about what we do that separates business and personal. Nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not a single thing, and it's just not going to be that way because it's CrossFit and it's the way it is. Um, so for us, balancing um, that with also then making ourselves seen and our own fitness and our own health and just the balance portion of it, I think that requires the most, right? Yeah. Just making yeah. sure that you're always working towards balance each day, just mm -hmm. like you would have to work towards your health each day. I think that would be the best advice I could give take care of yourself the same way you take care of your members. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge piece of it. And, you know, it's hard to balance the relationships that you have with your clients because it's like, you want to be friendly with them, but then there's like, there's gotta be some kind of a line there. It's like, you can be friendly, but like, they're not necessarily your friends and totally. it can be kind of, hard to balance that, especially because, you know, you do have such close relationships with these people. A lot of times you do know so much about them because of that emotional piece and they're sharing a lot with you and that can certainly be hard. And then also with the two of you being at the gym all of the time and then you know, separating your own relationship from the business relationship that you have is, is very hard too. So yeah. And it's, it's super easy too, when you're constantly in the gym all day, every day, taking care of other people to be able to step back and take care of yourself, make sure that you're drinking enough water, make sure that you're eating right, make sure that you're actually getting a workout in, you know, I remember plenty of times where it was like, well, Brie, like, what do you eat? And what do you do for your workouts? And I'm like, well, <laughs> 
like well, we're not talking about me <laughs> you know because there were just so many days where it's like you're in the gym for 16 hours and the last thing that you want to do at the end of the day is stay there longer and work out yourself you know so um that is definitely a, a great piece of advice trying to just knowing from the beginning i think if you have a, a good idea of that from the beginning and you can set your own boundaries and kind of lay things out for yourself from the get-go that's that's huge because otherwise you just dive right in and then before you know it like i said you're working 16 hours a day and you can't take care of yourself so that's a, a great one perfect all right anything else we'd like to add before we wrap up no, no, no. I don't think yeah, so. No. All right. All right. Awesome. So uh, where can we find you on social media? Okay. Uh, well, we're on Instagram. It's yep. just uh, CrossFit Soul Fire on Instagram. Uh, same on Facebook. Uh, like I said before, we love Instagram. We have lots of super fun content. We love to work out. We love to work out with our members. So um, it's just fun to watch. And I feel like that's kind of one of the things that people like to do is go on and see all the crap we put on Instagram. You know? so, but yeah, but cross and soul fire should be easy to find. Perfect. Super simple. I love that. All righty. So Dustin and Molly from CrossFit soul fire in North Dakota. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome having you both on the show. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Of course. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords podcast. So we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, owners of the Training Center in Yuma, Arizona, Maggie and Obi. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? How you um, doing? Thank you for having good. us. Good. Thanks for being here with us, guys. I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Let's hop right into it. Tell us what the Training Center Yuma is all about. So the basically what... I'm trying to make it more like a family-oriented, like mixed martial arts academy. Um, trying to help a lot of these youth coming up, um, help with bullying or try to help with just confidence, learning basically the defense. Um, so we have multiple classes, boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling. Uh, we also offer a fight fitness class, kind of like for the average person. Like, so it's kind of geared towards how fighters kind of train, but for the average person, not as intense, but just so they can get the feel what a lot of these fighters go through in their training camps, which people think it's easy, but <laughs> once you go through those workouts, it's pretty tough. So, so yeah. A lot of the classes to help with um, confidence, like these kids come in and they're extremely shy. They don't have very many friends and they are being bullied. So these classes help boost them up and make new friends and make them a little bit more outgoing as well. 
So that that definitely helps in their life role. Awesome, awesome. So this is uh, this. There was a gym, a training center that existed where you are before, where you were before, uh, through virtue of, of multiple things, pandemic being probably the most notable. It closed temporarily. The opportunity came up for you to purchase it. And things worked together. Things kind of came together in your life that you had that. But one of the things that you wanted to do was put your own unique stamp, unique personality on it and change it from a little bit more of a hardcore fight facility to more family friendly. So um, when you looked at it, what were the things that you that you thought were going to put you in the in a good position as far as taking over? And what did you think the challenges were going to be from the start? So um, the thing was that the previous gym, I've been with them for seven years. So um, I was I try to be as helpful as I can. I, I started as I was still an upcoming fighter. So I was still active fighting. So I ended up in that gym. And since that first week, the gym owner approached me and he asked me, like, well, you have good knowledge would you be interested uh teaching a class and you can train here for free as long as you just teach a class like a kids class or something so that's how I ended up starting to help them so through the whole process of seven years um I try to be as helpful as I can um because I knew that's always been my dream since I started fighting um I wanted to open up a facility um it's just a lot of the trials and tribulations I went through starting off. Um, so I just kind of want, didn't want a lot of these kids that didn't have a mentor, didn't have that backing from their parents, you know, to get their frustration out or stay away from trouble, stay away from, you know, just a bad road. So I really had that in the back of my mind. So when I got presented this opportunity to coach, um, I took it head on and I, I, I was all, always asked, what can I do? How can I help? Um, so over the time, over the years, I try to put myself in any position where I can learn the business side of it too. Um, so that way I knew when eventually when one day when I started, I kind of had a idea on how to run it and Kind of like, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? What works? What doesn't? But um, it, it was, it's been tough. It's just, um, it's easy to say when you're behind the scenes until you actually get put in the spotlight, you know? So um, I just know one of the things was um, having structure in, in a gym. That was the main thing that I did see was without structure, it just becomes chaos. And it just, everybody has to have a direction. Once there's no direction, it's just, it's hard to control. And it's just a recipe for disaster. I think some of the challenges that we had in the very beginning, trying to open it. One, we weren't fully moved to Yuma yet. We were still in, in Casa Grande, which is about two and a half hours away. So we were back and forth and we're not business owners. We've never owned a business. So 
trying to figure out all the steps was definitely interesting. So. But now you're here. So you have it, it's operating, you have, you have clients, you have adults, you have kids. Uh, it's starting to look like the type of facility that, that you want to have. So um, I want to go through some of the steps, some of the things that help, you know, in, in my experience, gyms grow, scale, become who they want to be. So I always like to start at the beginning with stuff like this. So first and foremost, what are you guys doing right now and what's working best for just attracting new clients into the facility? 100% social media. Mm -hmm. We post on um, our local Facebook pages and our main page on Facebook. And that definitely attracts a lot of people. We get a lot of comments and messages about our gym. Um, also just going to schools and putting our flyers up in businesses and stuff like that. So we're definitely trying to market ourselves as much as we can, but social media has been the, the best one so far. And you said you're actually getting into local, you're not just posting on your social media or Facebook and Instagram, you're actually getting into local groups and pages mm -hmm. and engaging people and talking about the business there also? Yes. Awesome. That's, that's something that gets overlooked probably way too often is it's, it's really cool to post workouts and people and whatever on your social media and get likes and get engagement, but it almost never translates in most markets, unless you have a celebrity or something, something very, very different like that to people actually coming in the door and saying, Hey, I'm interested in your thing. How do I sign up? But you taking the next level, being involved, going into groups, you know, however you interact with people, finding opportunities, say, hey, we're in the community, we do this, come check us out, is really a nice next step and probably um, what can get a lot of trainers, coaches, gym owners, at least off the ground uh, when marketing budgets aren't aren't very large or sometimes not existent. So good for you for figuring that out and knowing like, Hey, we got to put our face and our name out there in as many places as we can. So, you know, let's be on that as much as possible. Yeah. So as far as what you're doing, um, community events, involvement, actually physically going out in person with things, what have you tried so far? Like, uh, you know, I'm not sure what there is available in Yuma for community events. So what things have you gone out to and what things do you have plans to do? Um, well, we've been working with the Girl Scouts. We've gone to a couple events with them um, and they're helping us promote and they're you know, signing contracts with us or talking about it. So that's definitely helped. We were able to, when we set up our booth with the Girl Scouts and their big event, we had a lot of people come over and want to know more about the gym. Um, unfortunately, Yuma is a very small town, so there, there's limited events or anything that we can go to, um, but we're just getting our names out there, trying to go to competitions um, for jujitsu, and a lot of our students actually market for us. They go to um, just regular gyms to work out and 
they're able to bring in people just by them hitting the the bags or the way they work out. They want to know, hey, how did you learn that? Where did you learn that? So that's definitely helped. Awesome. Awesome. And I feel like in your type of facility, it's really a matter of getting people in the door and they're going to figure out pretty quickly that, hey, this is cool. I want to do it. Or maybe this isn't the thing that I want to be doing right now. So do you find that once you get people actually in the facility hitting bags or pads or whatever it is, that that's a pretty smooth process for sign up from there? Yes. Um, that's the thing is just, just getting them through the door. It's a lot of people. Um, the hardest part is getting them there because as soon as they hear uh, mixed martial arts or MMA or boxing or kickboxing, it's an automatic fear of, oh, I'm going to go in there and somebody's going to punch me in the face. And, you know, so it's always that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always that thing where we try to like, let them know you're not going to go in there. You're not going to spar somebody that's a professional. They're not going to punch you in the face. You know, you're here to learn an art, you know, for self-defense, you know. So it's once they're in there and once they see how everything runs and how it works, and most of them end up like, okay, well, this is a lot different than what I thought. You know, I thought I was going to come in, get in class, and get punched, you know. So, yeah, it's been pretty smooth. It definitely works for the kids. The kids come in and try out those classes and especially our boxing class. They get in there and they just want to punch everything in front of them. So being able to punch the bags and stuff has definitely helped and work out with the actual coaches. The coaches get in there and one-on-one -on -one with the kids. So they, as soon as they see that and actually do it, they're ready to be signed up and parents are... <laughs> trying to figure out what to do so yeah absolutely so you have a few different programs that you offer so once someone comes in I know it's it's probably age dependent to some degree but um, I, I don't picture it being as much of a sales process as much as just figuring out what program is the best for somebody so how do you do that and do you have to steer people one way or the other um, is it often a conversation where someone wants to do one thing and you, and you think they should do something different. How does that look? So our memberships, the like our youth membership, for example, it's a monthly fee, no contracts, anything, but they can take every single class we offer for youth. So they, when they come in, I ask them, are you interested in a specific one? And a lot of the times it's boxing and kickboxing. So I go over all of that with them, but I also try and promote the other classes. It's part of the membership. It's there for them to do, might as well try it. And a lot of the kids actually <clears throat> enjoy being able to go into the other classes. I mean, they're learning four different sports at once. And so they, they steer towards one class at first and end up taking all of them. Got it, got it. Okay, so you have sort of it's a more in inclusive membership. So um, once people come in, does your style or do any of the styles with uh, the mixed martial arts that you teach, do they have ascension systems? Is there, you know, belts or sashes or anything that um, that you use once somebody's in to, to show them where their progress is, how to measure it? Because we do find 
that that often does help with keeping them engaged for a long time. Oh yeah, our we only have one class actually that's ranked, which is our jujitsu class. Um, so we have our belts, and besides belts, the kids could get like stripes on their belts. So there's multiple ways to kind of show their progression. Um, unfortunately, the other classes that we offered, they're not really a, a form to kind of rank them, like kind of to show them how, because our other classes like boxing and kickboxing and wrestling, it's really nothing like traditionally that you can rank, you know? So, um, so basically it's just our jujitsu right now, our only way to do actually we can show them physically show them their progression by either a belt or by a stripe. So um, it's just, I've been something that I've been wanting to do, but I just, it's kind of hard to rank somebody like show them a ranking in boxing, you know, unless you officially compete and you get ranked by, yeah. So it's, it's tough, but I understand like kids, that's what they want at the end of the day. They want to see like a new bill. They want to see some kind of ranking. So is this something that I've been actually thinking about a lot? How can I do, or what can I do just personally for my gym, you know, just to keep them engaged, keep them entertained, you know, um, but boxing, unfortunately, is a sport that you're doing it to try to fight one day and, you know, get ranked. But it's just it's more of a hardcore sport. Kids lose interest really quickly because a lot of it is very repetitive. You know, it's not like kickboxing where you can kick, you can throw knees. Boxing is just boxing. So you just learn six punches and then just different combinations, you know, so... And you can see the motivation in the kids' eyes. Like when we have our promotion days and they're either getting a belt or a stripe, we like to do it in the beginning of class because that motivates them even more throughout the class. And it just makes all the other kids that may have not gotten a stripe or a belt this time work even harder. Awesome, awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about what we see in in facilities that have sort of uh, any type of combat sports, whether it's mixed martial arts or boxing or, or various, you know, combinations thereof, uh, almost, I would say, if I had to say 99% of the time, it's an owner's passion. It's something where I want to share this. These are my sports. These are my disciplines. These are the things that, that I love and I want to share it. But when you integrate it into a business, it's always hard to find a balance of how much do I need to charge? How much do I need to live? How do I, how do I make this into something that can turn into a retirement or an asset, but still feel good about being able to give back to the community, being able to, to be able to satisfy this need for service that we have but also keep the lights on, keep the bills paid. So how is, how is that look for you? I know you're only, you know, six months or so in seven months into doing this, but how much of a struggle has it been to figure out what that balance is and, and how are you addressing it? Oh, um, 
Yeah, it's tough, um, especially when it's your passion. Um, so the previous owner, when I got into it, we had very we had long conversations about that because that's one thing that he struggled. That he it was his passion, MMA. He was a professional fighter. He fought in Bellator, so he wanted to help these upcoming fighters, help people that needed all the help they can get. So he just kind of didn't balance it right where it stopped becoming a business and then ended up becoming just, he was there to help everybody. So it was, the business was declining because of that. Um, it's just because he wanted to help everybody and it ended up being that he wasn't making the bills. He wasn't because of that, you know? So it's, it's hard to find that balance um, because you get so caught up in your passion and you want to help. And then you start seeing these kids progress, getting better, and then it motivates you more. And then you just kind of forget about it's still your business, you know? So the, the bills still need to get paid. So it's... It's something that is still, I'm still trying to balance it out, trying to figure out the right ratio. Um, but sometimes I do get caught up in the moment, you know, like a kid is training and he can't train no more because life happens, they can't pay for it. So, and it's, it's hard, you know, so you want to help everybody, but if you do, your business, business suffers, you know, so. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. Like I said, I'm just really starting off and just everything I know is just past experiences. So um, I'm trying to, trying to see, playing with little things. Right now I'm just at a trial and error kind of stage. So that's where kind of where I'm at. You know, one of the, the big things that I saw that a lot of times is an opportunity in facilities like yours, and I'd like to get your take and how you view it is you do have this fight fitness program. And I think there is a large market for that. It's, it is, you know, there's, there's, you know, nine round and I love kickboxing and, and all these things. So we know that a niche exists for people who want to do fitness, but don't want to just go to the gym and lift weights or they, they don't want to go to CrossFit or, or some other discipline. They want to do it in something that at least looks a little bit like fight training and where I think a gym like yours is sep separates themselves from, you know, one of those, the fitness franchises like a nine round or kick house, right? Is that you, you have legit fighting coaches. They're in an environment where they can really feel like, Hey, this is the real thing, but I'm not quite that hard, hardcore. I just want to get, I want to be more fit. So is that your main goal with your fight fitness? Do you see that as an opportunity of like, Hey, this is where we can be profitable. This is where we can kind of float the, you know, the bills of the company and then feed into the, the different passion projects. How does that fit into the equation? Oh uh, yeah. Um, well, that was a goal for the whole fight fitness class. Um, just, just to get the, just the average person and to kind of, because right now the MMA is, mainstream now um it wasn't when it first started everybody kind of frowned upon mma like 
all these guys are just thugs. They're just like, they were kind of low, you know? So now the UFC brought MMA into basically stardom right now. Everybody wants to be an MMA fighter or everybody wants to meet an MMA fighter. So I kind of, that's the whole reason I was kind of shooting for to create this fight fitness class to kind of just get the average person kind of like they can kind of feel like a fighter you know when they come into the class but without actually putting their body to what these actually fighters do you know um and so that way they can kind of understand more the fight aspect so when they see these guys um like getting hurt or not making weight or if you've never done this before, you just sit on your couch and you're like, oh, why didn't I would have made weight, you know, something like that. But once they actually train and they do the class and they see what these fighters put their body through and that way it's kind of average, like, okay, this is kind of some of the training they do, but it's not as intense. And then they, once they do the class and they figure it out, you're like, oh, this is tough. I'm like, yeah, now imagine times 10, you know, so, and then now they kind of like, oh, okay, now I see, you know, like, and they do this every day, like every day, no days off, you know? So if they're not training like this, they're running or they're watching their diet or they're doing some form of activity, you know? So it's, it's a 24 hour training. They think they just go to the gym one or two hours and they're done. No, the fighters don't do that. They constantly have to keep training. They constantly have to be doing something to prepare for these fights. So that was the whole goal. It's just, it's, it started off good. Um, but I think a lot of, a lot of the time, same thing. I think they get intimidated by the name or I, I, I don't know. So it started good and then it started dying off and, is always get the same response. Oh, well, I'm scared. I'm out of shape. Or it's like, well, it's not actually. <laughs> yeah. So it's just so you can get a taste of it. Give you a different aspect. Give you something new. You know, you can go to the gym, you can lift weights, you can run on a treadmill, but you're actually doing a class where you're actually going to learn a little self-defense as well. You know, so you're getting a workout and you're learning a new skill, but it's, it's been that class has been tougher to fill than I expected, but I'm still trying to promote it. I'm still trying to get it out there because I know once people realize what it's meant for, I think it will pick up more. Awesome. So last thing that I, that we're going to have time to talk about today is something I don't want to get missed because in your goals with the business, yes, you'd like to have multiple facilities, uh, you'd like to grow the business, help help more people by having them, you know, become clients. But you also want to be charitable. You want to work in the nonprofit sector. So tell me a little bit about what those plans look like and the impact you're hoping to have there. So um, it all started when I was small. Um, so basically, when I was younger, I got bullied a lot. Um, so that kind of stuck with me um through my life and when I started getting older um I kind of kept that mindset that everybody was against me everybody wanted to pick on me so 
I ended up becoming a bully myself because I was just, I just felt like everybody was against me. It was just myself against the whole world, you know? So I started taking it out on other kids coming up. And so I was always getting into fights. I got kicked out of a couple of schools. Um, so it was just, it stuck with me. The older I got, I started realizing my mindset started changing. Um, and I understood the damage that was dealt to me when I was getting bullied. And then I was like, I, I didn't understand why I became a bully since I got bullied myself, you know? So when I ended up moving to Yuma, Arizona, um, the previous owner, they had a nonprofit called Bragg. Um, so they were geared towards helping um, bully children, but it was what it, they actually helped the bully itself. So they helped the victim and the bully because what, when we sat down, we talked, he told me, everybody focuses on the victim, of course, had, as it should be, but people forget why are these kids actually bullying everybody else? What are they going through in their life or whether they have, you know, in their homes, are they going through something themselves to lash out on somebody else? So they help both kind of like to rehab the bully and try to help the victims kind of get more confident. So I, I enjoyed every bit of it, helping um, seeing these kids get their confidence built up, seeing these kids that used to be bullies start helping the kids build their confidence, you know, and it was a very family oriented place. It was amazing. Um, so I just, I kind of like, it resonated with me because I went through it as a young kid. So I want, I don't want a lot of kids to go through that. So if whoever I can help with that, that's what I want to do. Um, so I just want to continue the tradition. Um, and with veterans, you know, I was a veteran myself. Um, Maggie's father, was a veteran. Um, so there's there's a couple of my MMA students that come in and they're veterans. So it's just, I've always never, well, I've never really seen people help veterans that much, you know? So that's why I kinda, I kinda wanna make this nonprofit for children and veterans, you know? Especially our main focus are going to be veterans. Um, they deserve a lot more than what they get now, you know. So it's just same thing. They go out to war or just the transition from military to civilian life. It's it's, it's tough. Difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. It's just they're used to getting told what to do. Everything is on a schedule. Like they have really not much freedom, and then they're out in the world. And there's no program to transition you back into civilian life, you know? So it's, it's tough. So they're just basically it's like, oh, here you go. You know, thank you for your service. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you know, so it just, that's why I'm trying to do it more with the combative side of it because their mentality are geared towards that way. They're geared for combat. So if it helps them trying to get some aggression out or, just help them transition, just get their mind off just regular civilian life, then, you know, 
that that's where I'm, that's what we're trying to do this for. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's a, it's a noble cause and I hope the the business grows and the nonprofit gets off and running and you can help as many people as you can. I think that's about the highest note that we're going to hit and we are just about out of time. So um, I do thank you guys so much for being on here. I appreciate your time and uh, I wish you continued success with the business. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. If you'd like to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when they drop. To everyone in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Steve Flory of Revitalized Fitness, coming to you from Maumee, Ohio. Steve, what's going on, man? How are you today? Oh, I'm living the dream, Joe. How about yourself? I am also living the dream, living my own dream, I suppose. Steve, Revitalized Fitness. This is the the real reason that that you and I are here to talk about the business side of this, what you do, how you do it, and why. Take us back a couple of years, Steve. What was going through your head when the idea sparked, hey, I want to own a gym someday? What, what, what caused us to get here in the first place? Well, um, I'm, the idea of owning a gym was never in my head. <laughs> so when I got off of active duty uh, from the military and went and finished out my uh, tenure in the military and the reserves, I went back to school for uh, sports nutrition and mm. exercise science. So uh, I was working out the YMCA at the time and their hours were just awful, like holidays. And, you know, they, they was actually ran by University of Toledo students. So like if they went on Christmas break, Easter break, spring break, stuff like that, the gym wasn't staffed. So therefore you couldn't get in. So I had a buddy say, hey, man, you know, I know it's a little bit of a further drive, but come check this gym out. It's a little smaller, locally owned kind of spot. And um, it's 24 seven, you get a key card and you never leave or you can get in whenever you want. And I was like, man, that's pretty awesome. Cause there's some days, you know, with my service, I, you know, wake up and have a nightmare, something like that. And I need to go work out. Right. Yep. You know, I stress out or you just can't fall back to sleep or you don't want to fall back to sleep. So yep. um, I was going to school and my intent was to own my own supplement company one day. 
right? So that's what I was going to school for, hence the sports nutrition and all that good jazz. And um, fell in love with this gym and I was getting a lot of, I ran into a lot of other veterans from Vietnam, Korean War, Gulf War, my era in OEF, OIF wars. And I just felt this sense of belonging with this mm. group of people over there. Uh, everyone was super friendly from the member base. And um, so I went to school, was doing that. And the general manager of personal training there was like, dude, I know you're going to school. I was at 28 credit hours a semester, which is insane. Um, and he said, I got to have you as a trainer. He goes, I have so many people asking me to hire you so you can train them. I'm like, no, I'll turn them down, turn them down, turn them down. He's like, dude, I'll tell you what, man, like, you give me two days a week for four hours and I'll give you a free membership, all this other stuff. <clears throat> I just got to have you. So I was like, talk to my wife about it. I said, all right, cool. So I started personal training, ended up, got to the point when I was done with school where I was training six days a week, about seven hours a day. I love it. Like, I mean, the gym is pretty much my life. When I was in the military, yeah. I wasn't training. I was working out. Yeah. Uh, working well, anybody out. knows that anybody that's been in PT for a little while knows that 42 hours of training is like 80 hours in any kind yeah. of normal job. So, yeah, well, cause then you're, you're got to write all the workouts and do all the programming and everything else with that. So, but it, it comes naturally to me and um, worked my way up into management and helped them open a, another gym up in Michigan that was doing really well. At the time, my wife was pregnant. And when she got to be about eight months pregnant, I told ownership, I said, hey, like, if you want to keep me around, I can't be driving, you know, an hour and 20 minutes to this other gym. What if her water breaks, blah, 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 blah. Like, you got to send me back down to my home gym here in Maumee or else I'm leaving. So they made me the general manager of personal training over there. I was over the whole club. And then um, over some of the other gyms like Colorado, they fly me out to Arizona, uh, down to Atlanta to like help train some people. I was doing really well. We were the smallest gym, most profitable gym, uh, especially on the personal training side of things. So grew within the company and the higher you get inside of a company, the more things you start learning. Mm. So I started seeing some things. I was like, oh, oh. Okay. I could do this. They're, they're, on my they're, own. Growing, they're growing. They're growing a little too fast, and then, you know, I started noticing some things, and um, you know, I started putting pieces of the puzzle together and talking to people. And I was like, they're about to lose this location. They're not paying their rent. They're going out and buying one hundred and thirty thousand um, dollar, you know, wakeboarding boats and BMWs. It's like the as they were growing, they were making more money, but it takes more money to make more money, kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I started the business unbeknownst to them. My LLC talked to the landlord. He's like, yeah, we're about to evict them, and they're playing it off like, oh, everything's fine, blah 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 blah. So it's like, okay, fool me once, yeah. Right, yeah. So offered them basically a buyout and bought the gym as it was and totally rebranded it uh, into my gym because at that point the member base knew who I was, loved me. They knew the staff. We we pretty much ran the gym. The owners were never there after they opened a couple yeah. other gyms. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we went down that road and man, it just flourished. We grew so fast. Um, a lot of people that were leaving came back and um if you don't know revitalized fitness means to give new life or vigor to yeah so therefore that that has a lot of meaning for me because i've gotten beat up you know in my service I've, um if you look at my medical file you think this dude's in a, in a wheelchair <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't be walking and you definitely shouldn't be pulling you know 500 pounds from the floor or squatting sure. 600 pounds. but um so that's my thing is fitness is to give you new life and give vigor and you feel better when you work out and if you have injuries or this and that you know just 
strength training in general makes you better. So that's kind of been our mission is to be a home feeling gym where everyone's welcome. And we really, truly, honestly try to make everyone's lives better. Yeah. It's kind of the, the perfect storm of opportunity presented itself for you to now find yourself in this role. And I find that so many gym owners didn't plan on being gym owners, but they just saw an opportunity where they can do it better than somebody else. I created this business because I was looking for it as a consumer and it didn't mm -hmm. exist. Yep. I, I created this for me. I'm the target demographic. And so it's exactly right. easy to find that sort of avatar when you understand it better than anybody else. Right. And that's how we try to run it. Me and my two uh, general managers, um, general manager of PT and general manager of memberships. If we try, we, we all work out. Everyone that works for me has been hired from within. So that's a big thing for me is hiring from within first before going outside because they already know the culture. They already know who we are. They already know the other members and they take a greater sense of pride in taking care of the building. Like I don't have a cleaning crew, all employees, whether you're me, I'm cleaning toilets and showers at five, six o'clock in the morning down to, sure. you know, the newest employee, we all pitch in and we take great pride in it. So and we yeah, try to, something we said for that level of that level <clears throat> of humility is really, <clears throat> uh, I'm CEO slash head janitor, right? Yeah, I, I, I was wearing the plumber hat yesterday because somebody not messed up the uh, trap in one of the sinks and busted it all out and, you know, recalking it and redoing the plumbing on that. And it's like, yep. whatever's got to get done has got to get done. All the, all the fun parts of owning a business that they don't talk about. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, Steve, I mean, this, this business that we talk about, the model, I mean, if people haven't caught on by now, the model is in the open gym general membership style, right? People mm -hmm. are paying their membership, coming, doing their own thing, going 24 hours a day. But the beauty of this model is that you are able to layer on any number of other services. There are all kinds of different ways to make money in this kind of model, fishing from that general membership as a pool. Mm -hmm. What are those other things that you guys layer on here? The, our biggest um, revenue uh, producer would be our personal training. So like um, from my general manager, personal training, he's got his master's degree in exercise science, one of the most smart, intelligent individuals I know, especially when it comes to the, the human body, um, all the way down to, you know, a new trainer. And I make sure they're all, you know, like NASM, ACSM, you know, ISSA certified. We're not doing any of this, you know, expert rating bullshit um you know so i want to make sure my people know how to take from you know say a d1 athlete all the way up to a 88 year old you know individual who just had hip surgery you can go from i want them to be able to go from that d1 athlete right into their next session 45 minutes later with that grandma that just had her hip replaced and both people get expert care and they're getting the the results that they're paying for yeah, that, I mean, that's really the idea of personal training, right? That mm -hmm. it is individualized and tailored to my goals, my needs. Not like some other big box gyms where it's, <laughs> hey, this is the workout for the day, no matter who you are. Yeah, and, okay. and yeah. <clears throat> typically with personal training, you can really separate average from good and great from good pretty easily. You guys focus on making sure that we're delivering as high a quality a product as we possibly can. Now, from a business lens, how do you typically charge for PT? Is this in packages? Is this a monthly recurring thing? What does that look like? 
So one thing that, as you were saying, make it your own and make it better as far as the ownership is they had set programs for the company that I was working for before. And if you didn't like it, you weren't buying it. So like we can customize anything for anyone, um, all the way from, you know, a $50 a month package up to a $700 a month package where it's a recurring service. We can do paid in fulls where they say, Hey, I want to buy 10 one hour sessions. I want to buy 20, 30 minute sessions, use them however they want. Um, we can do 30, 45 minute and hour long sessions. We can do group training. I don't like doing any more than four people in a group setting because then the trainer starts losing focus on one client and the other person can hurt themselves. Yeah, it gets diluted. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So we want, we want the utmost uh, top notch care for our people. So, um, and I've even done it for people who I've talked to or my general manager has talked to and like they really need our services, but they can't afford that, you know, $200 a month program. But that's what they need. And I've done it before for a few people where my heart kind of felt for them and they really wanted it and they really needed it. And I said, hey, you know, not taking food off your plate or making you miss your your mortgage payment or something, what can you afford to pay? And they'll tell me, you know, hey, Steve, I can afford $145 a month. Well, it's normally, you know, before you tax or whatever, it's 200 bucks. For you, I will do this because I want you to succeed in life. Um, so that that's one of the the things we we try not to do because it, it is a business and we're here to you know we're not a nonprofit. Um, my people need to be paid. My rent still has to be paid for here. And as a gym, you know how expensive that can be. But sometimes it's like I don't want to be your big box gym. Says well, it's program A, B, or C, or or screw you. Yeah, there's a lot more wiggle room, right? A lot more wiggle room, and you know I've never done it to where I'm losing money, but you know I've done it for people where hey, here's my break even point you need this. I know you need this and it's going to be the best thing for you. And they, they, those are your most loyal clients. Sure. We're going to keep coming back and keep coming back. And a lot of the time, just by nature of, of pricing structure, we didn't dive into pricing that much, but by nature of having this general membership, probably a lower ticket item. And then PT being a higher ticket item, we can almost match or outpace revenue on the personal training front that we do with the membership front. How many people do you have doing PT? Um, we have, well, it's as far as the clients, it's different because we do, we really do really well with three and four times a week. Um, so some of my trainers are just book solid. Most of them are pretty full. Um, but we've got, we do at an average about almost $30,000 a month in reoccurring services for personal training. Got so for a one location gym, that's that's not too bad. Um, yeah. we're, doing, we're doing pretty good there. Yeah. And so I guess let me ask this way. Within this type of model, typically it goes one of two ways. Either we're really trying to just build the base membership and live on EFT revenue, or we're trying to build up higher level upsell ascension type services. Some combination of both sometime. But where do you fall within those two options? Well, for me, I want, it's great to have those membership rates, you know, and the, the, like you said, the EFT, that's really good. And being at about 1,800, 1,900 memberships, um, we're doing pretty well there. But my overall goal is whether, like, I've, I've signed up people for a personal training program that are doctors, that are um, physical therapists and stuff like that, that you would normally think need or don't need our services when it comes to that. But they, you know, I explain to them, sometimes I even have my trainers train me. I'm the, I'm the owner, right? Um, you know, the average person wouldn't think that, but it takes a different perspective. So I like having um, the approach of 
take the rosy colored glasses off. I'm not going to train you like you want to be trained yourself. Right? I'm going to train you like you need to be trained. And you might not feel like doing legs today, but guess what you're doing? You're doing legs today, right? Yep. Um, uh, so that's kind of the approach I have is, you know, it, it, everyone can benefit from having a trainer. Um, whether you're, you know, Lou Ferrigno or, or you know, some dude that's coming in the gym for the first time ever, you can benefit from having a trainer. Oh, so yeah. I, that's, Even that's my main focus is. The best athletes, the best coaches, everybody has their own coach because we all have blind spots. Yes, yeah, exactly. I think that's that applies not just to to fitness but business to anything we can all derive knowledge from somebody else and so for you it sounds like the greater focus is on getting people into some type of coaching program is that right yes sir and it's also it's beneficial for the awareness too of the gym so like one thing that we've recently done is hired a, a firm to really help us with our marketing on google and um, yelp and stuff like that and we have seen, we were like ranked number seventh in the 419 district on Google and Yelp. And we, it's really not expensive. It's about a hundred bucks a month. And we went to number one, like over LA Fitness, over Planet Fitness on Google. Our Yelp account is through the roof. We went from having like 1200 views a month to, I think we're at like 13, 14,000 views a month in just three months. Yeah. So the personal training thing is, you know, and we're trying to get a lot more content out there. Um, pictures and videos hit so hard. So like if you have a trainer working with a client, we've had those have so many more views than anyone else. And they're they're interested. We've noticed our calls are going, you know, increasing, asking about personal training, stuff like that. How did you hear about us? Well, I saw it on, you know, your Google. Who doesn't go to Google first if you're going to go check a place out? Exactly. Check, exactly. Out the reviews, check out the photos, see what people are saying about it. Um, and that's kind of why I made that decision. Of, of hiring this outside firm to manage that for us so we have these videos that we do like on our social media and stuff like that we send it over to them and they put a different spin on it and upload it to those different platforms and we've saw a huge increase since doing that yeah so that's that's another upside to having you know personal training because it's not the same 10 clients that you're always hosting you have a bunch of different people you're showing the results and so if people are looking at your google your facebook and your instagram and they're seeing hey this person i saw them six months ago and they're down 20 some pounds and they look phenomenal right and then their testimonials and stuff we post a lot of those have them write them up and we do you know get the we have the canva app and we can just do a bunch of different cool things with that and you know sharing it so that's one of the more beneficial things about having the personal training be in our spotlight too, is it draws more awareness of what is this gym doing for the people? Yeah. We set the expectation on the front end that people come here to train. Yep, right? Exactly. You, you mentioned investing in, in some sort of third party agency to help you with SEO type stuff. Have you gotten into any kind of, of paid ads, any kind of digital Facebook, Instagram, Google We've ads, or is this ones. just search engine stuff? We've done a few paid ads through like Instagram and Facebook. Um, did not really see a return on it at all as far as like what people would say. Because we always ask when people come in, how'd you hear about us? Where'd you hear about us? Um, the clicks were super low. Um, and I don't know if it's just because we're in such a saturated market here. Um, and like Planet Fitness has a much larger budget than I do to put towards those things. So maybe I wasn't certain. Right. As much. Um, I've yeah. done a, a full 45 second commercial that was aired on our local channel um, for six months that didn't the video is really cool but it for what I spent on it my ROI didn't hit up yeah you know I mean, so it, you're spending a couple thousand dollars you know for just to make the video yeah. it, you know channel 11 wants you to make the video through them um, yeah. and then you know 30 second commercial 45 second commercial is not cheap 
Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Steve, this is, I mean, even with 1,800, 1,900 members, this is a small business. You have mm -hmm. a handful of employees. We need to be really, really conscious of any dollars going out and making yeah. sure that we have an ROI coming back. It's people in your seat, they're not afraid to invest money if we know that it's going to come back. Mm -hmm. But when we do things like this and we have a bad experience with it, it makes you a little bit jaded to go back to yeah. something like that in yeah. the future. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so for you, in terms of, of shuffling people into a personal training type program, how have you guys had success with that? Do you have like an into like a like a consultation on the front end where you'll sit down and, and learn about people's exactly. goals and then recommend something? How, tell us exactly. about that. So um, I structure a little bit differently from some of the other companies, given my personal experience working for a um, smaller company, but that's a little more mainstream where it would, if I didn't put up, you know, $1,500 in sales and PT a day, I got my ass shoot out. I know I, high pressure sales does not make good salesmen in my opinion. And what we're doing, we're doing personal service. You want to have a good relationship and it's, it shouldn't be high pressure in what we're doing. That's my personal opinion. I don't, you know, it might work for some other people, but I want my client to know that they're making a big, they're making a pretty decent financial investment into personal training. You know, it's not a necessity. Some people it is, but it's not. So I want them to feel at home. Buyer's remorse. When I worked for the other company, I saw that amongst the other gyms of people, you know, using the 72 hour clause all the time. Hey, I just put up a $10,000 program and that person gets home because they were pressured into it and they, they read the contract. Hey, I got 72 hours. I get a full refund. I want that. I don't feel comfortable with that, but doing it the way I do, where you get the free consultation, we sit down with you for about 30 minutes, really get to know who you are, key questions, you know, about their life. How active are they? How many days a week are they looking to work out? Where do they want to be? Really get to know that person um, and then put them, you know, you know, drive it before you buy it kind of scenario, put them to a workout. Sometimes I'll put somebody through a week's worth of workouts and to let them really grasp, this is awesome. You know, but generally, if they go through one workout with one of my trainers, they're going to be like, well, I've never done that before. Yep. <laughs> so typically, um, typically, they'll they're pretty aware either. Yes, this is exactly for me or no, this is definitely not for me. And yep. they can make a much more informed decision at that point. And so you found some success having that conversation on the front end, getting them in front of a trainer and then having a more informed conversation of like, hey. Yep. This is going to be best for you, right? Three times a week, 45 minutes. Let's get you rocking and rolling. And I let them make that decision. How, how often would you like to see yourself training like this? You know, most people say three, four or five days a week, but then you get down to the financials of it. And that's where we get in, as I was saying, about the customizing the programs. You know, so it's like I want the client to feel like they're making the best decision for them. That's yep. not pushing the highest package as an owner. Yeah. I would love to have every single member, you know, have that $700 a month program. Yep. That's not realistic. And I don't want to be, I've worked for that boss before where he only looks at every individual like they're a dollar sign. Yeah. That's not how you make friendships. That's not how you make lifelong clients. Sure. And, and Steve, I mean, we talked about this model, the, the beauty of this model is that you can make money in so many different ways. We don't need to hammer the individual person mm -hmm. to get every single dollar that they have. With that in mind, from a business owner and, and the seat that you sit in, looking into the future, what's 
the the number one thing that you're targeting on to try to improve in your business? What's the metric that could really take this to the next level? I would, I would say still, I mean, I'm with the personal training, keep hammering home the personal training to grow the gym. I think that'll grow the gym financially, but it also grow the awareness even more. I'm always about growth and expansion. And so I think the, the personal training side really would. So sorry if I sound like a, you know, broken record player. No, but we're hammering from like, this is still a valuable business model in our industry. We can still create just unbelievable results for people in this type of setting. Yeah. And so, so we try to, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. I was going to say, you know, aside from that is just brand recognition. Um, one of my internal goals, my personal goals is to be known as fitness in our area code in the 419. So when anybody talks about a gym, they know who we are and um, being open for four, a little over four years, anyone knows, we got people coming from 45 minutes away to come train with us because of the culture. So the culture is huge um, and getting involved with charities and giving back to the community has really helped us secure, you know, faith within the people in our, in our district. Yeah. For you, Steve, what's the, what's the big picture, right? We're talking about growing PT, but you've had a couple of years under your belt as the owner of this facility now. What's the, what's the long-term goal that you're looking to hit in your mind? I'd like to have three gyms um, within the area, um, all within 20 to 25 minutes of each other because, you know, the average person won't drive more than 10 to 15 minutes from their gym. But if I could be, you know, have them spaced out in a way to where it's almost like a diamond um, within our area, that way you can go to different gyms because each one getting into that will have some of the same core things, but I want them all to have a little different functionality to it. You know, um, one area might have a larger functional training area. Like I've got three deadlift platforms, six squat racks. You know, we're really geared here on to like the hardcore training, but have another one that's a little, given the demographic of where I'm looking at, putting another one a little softer, you know, it's a little older clientele um, and a, also a very young clientele in that demographic. There's no happy medium where people, you know, the average person is in their thirties, which is where we're at right here in Maumee. Um, but growing that to a way to where I can be touching my whole area code or zip code, if you will. Yep. And, um, so three is my big goal. Um, we'll, 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 I'm working on another one right now. <laughs> That's kind of top secret. Um, we're, we're almost there. We'll almost save there. that for another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one's, you know, we're already looking at equipment orders and, um, working, ironing some things out with the contractor to do the remodel on the space. But, um, my overall goal is I want to have, uh, as I was telling you before we started recording, I started a supplement company uh, with a great friend of mine, fellow veteran, and I would it just have this dream of having this huge box, right? Um, where the gym itself is 22, 24,000 square foot. And then we have a 50,000 square foot like warehouse. Um, and then I want my own plaza. So it'd be a plaza where it's long. I got a good buddy of mine who is about to retire from the FBI and he wants to open a bar in his dad's name, all LEO theme. I got another buddy who wants to, um, he's already got his, um, He's basically a professional cook, but he wants to do meal plans for people and then basically have a, you know, a pre-order meal service that's healthy for you right attached to the gym. Um, and then I used to be neighbors, um, business-wise neighbors with uh, PT Link, who's a physical therapist. 
um, talk to him about it. He wants to actually have one of his site locations inside of the gym to where people are coming and not just, you know, some PT offices, they don't have the equipment that we have, like the turf and right. all that crazy stuff to where they can take these clients right out into the gym and be showing them how to use the squat racks and stuff like that. And that wouldn't tear, take away from the personal training, but it's going to just caveat right into it. Yep. Like, here, I want you to continue on. Your insurance is done paying for your, your physical therapy. Let's continue on. Um, so yeah. kind of almost like a, a GTL, uh, Jim Tan Laundry type. It's a one-stop shop. You got, you got, you got your, your wing spot down the road with uh, indoor golf is one thing we're talking about doing inside of there. Um, but you got to pay your dues um, before you earn your You got to earn your boots by paying your dues. So go get your, your workout in, get your, your meals prepped for the week. Um, the supplement shop inside of there, physical therapy, if you need. That's my end game. Yep. One of the reasons for wanting my own plaza is I like to do events. Like we do the Murph event every Memorial Day. Yep. And so like, I have to be really careful of that because we have B-dubs and Panera Bread within our plaza, but I've got buddies that have food trucks that serve specially um, healthy options when they come to my events. And, but I can't promote that they're gonna be here. You know, we'll have the army out here, we'll have the air force out here, um, our local um, police and fire out here with us. And then, um, so like, I like to host events. I'm an entertainer. I like to be around people, I like to have fun. So that's how I want my own plaza where I have a big backyard. We can go out there and barbecue and have, you know, Murph events, motorcycle, uh, I'm, I ride Harleys and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, host the motorcycle rally there. Um, and, and just just have fun life's too short to not have fun yeah well steve we'll have to uh we'll have to get you back on for another podcast when all of these things come to fruition because there are a million things that you and i could go on and on about but uh we're starting to start to approach the end of our time here before we get out of here where can people find out a little bit more about revitalize what's is it is social media the best is their website um, so we're working on rebranding or restructuring our website, but that is revitalizedfitness419.com. It has a lot of our information on there, but we put more content out on our social media, which is revitalizedfitness419, um, both on Facebook and Instagram. I despise Twitter. Sorry for anyone out there that loves Twitter. I don't do it. I don't even have it. it it's nothing but a, a bitch and great moment. So we don't have a Twitter. Um, but Instagram is probably where we're most active at. And we do a lot of stories and share a lot of the stories of our members. Um, and that's that's where we like to have the most fun social-wise. Definitely. Mean. Steve, man, it, this has been a bunch of fun. And, and I always appreciate the chance to kind of pick through gym owners' brains and see what makes them tick and why they do what they do. I really appreciate your time and, and I'm excited to see Revitalize 2.0 here as we move into the future and, and what it entails for you. So I wish you nothing but the best, man. I thank you for your time. I appreciate you having me on, Joe. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.